Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of A Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Hi, I'm joined today by James and Kirk from Road Radar and Flair. They're a software company who provide road safety solutions, and I think you're going to be fascinated by the solutions that they're offering. If you are interested, there's a link in the show notes, or if you do decide to get in touch direct, make sure you mention a half dozen things podcast. Anyway, take care. Catch you soon. He loves the safer stuff. <laughs> Excellent. So I've just had the lady, uh, the nice American lady in my ear telling me that the, that we're rolling, recordings, recordings in progress, got the red light rolling, um, got, got Kirk here and James here uh, from Flair and Busby, um, really delighted to have these guys on the, on the podcast, I was actually introduced, just to give our listeners a little bit of an introduction, I was, I was introduced by Beverly Bell, so our listeners will, may not know who Kirk and James are at this stage, but they're de- certainly going to know who Beverly is. Uh, Beverly was on the podcast uh, a month, a couple of months ago, and she was an absolutely fantastic guest, former senior traffic commissioner, um, massive advocate for road safety, and she kindly introduced me to Kirk and James, who I've got on the podcast today. So so it's a real pleasure. Um, She is backing the products that they're using, and we're going to be talking about the products that they offer. Um, And the reason that we're going to do that, I don't normally like to use the podcast as a pitch fest, and this isn't going to be a pitch fest. We're just going to be talking about some of the challenges that operators face uh road safety we're going to talk about you know a, a lot around road safety and 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 the way that we can help make people safer we can help get them the, the care they need flagship as a business we offer first aid training and first response training um and 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 it all ties in really really nicely i was so excited to speak to kirk and james before christmas last year um and uh, and we had a good chat about collaboration opportunities and that kind of thing so i feel really honored to be able to push these guys into the transport manager community um, if you're not already become become part of the transport manager and consultants hub on facebook come and join the conversation um, james and kirk just sort of over to you guys if you guys could just introduce flair and busby introduce yourselves um, that'd be great and then we'll start getting into like the background around the business yeah that's great thanks peter and uh, hello to all the listeners happy new year I don't know when you get to stop saying Happy New Year. Is there an official date on that one, Peter? I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. I think we just go for January. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So uh, for anybody that's not heard my voice before, it's Kirk speaking. I'm one of the co-founders. I'm more of a technical person um, within the business. And uh, I'll just hand over to James so he can introduce himself as well. Yeah, cheers, Kirk. So I'm James as well, one of the co-founders. Uh, and I am not so technical. <laughs> and you... together it's the dream team <laughs> yeah have you guys I, done I... a podcast before have you ever done a podcast um, we've never been on it at the same time have we no kirk mm. always does them because he's got the nice posh voice as i mentioned before but kirk explains things technical and then i just translate it into human human <laughs> language so uh yeah. fair enough we'll have to keep it very non-technical because yeah, my level my level's like down there somewhere right <laughs> like, uh, like explaining my technology to my mum yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah pretty much um, i would well your mum gave birth to you so i think she's probably pretty smart we're, we're talking lower level than your mum okay she, she does <laughs> tell me i did teach you how to use a spoon so you can't really you know <laughs> go, go back on that one can you 
<laughs> brilliant brilliant so how long so talk a bit about busby and uh, and flair then talk talk okay. a bit about those and, and tell tell the listeners what what those services awesome. are so for anyone listening, you've probably heard of Busby, but you may not have heard of Flair. Um, put simply, they're both the same thing. We've actually just rebranded. So um, you may have heard of Busby. Busby is an app that you can download to any Android or Apple phone uh, around the world. We've got 100 users in 129 countries today. And you can do it right now. Just search for uh, what is now Flair in the App Store and you can download it. Um, but I'd definitely go check out... Um, <clears throat> So some more information on it, but it's basically um, a way of keeping uh, you safe when you're outdoors and performing outdoor activities. Now, the reason for this, and there's a bit of a story about where it came from. Uh, one of our other co-founders, uh, Barry, who's not on the uh, podcast today, he, he's an avid cyclist. And to say this guy gets crashed into a lot is a bit of an understatement. Um, but unfortunately, he does. So in one of his worst crashes, uh, he actually got T-barred by uh, a van. Luckily, he went over it, uh, over the bonnet, as opposed to in the sides. But long story short, it kind of set off a sequence of events where we started thinking about how can we get your, your family and your friends, uh, how can you tell them that you're in trouble and accurately share your location so that they can get help to you very quickly? Um, and the whole design philosophy behind this, which I'm sure any doctor, anyone in the medical industry will absolutely agree with, is the faster you get help, generally the better the outcome. Um, some people refer to it as the golden hour. It has been called other things as well. But put, put simply, the faster you get help when you need it, the better the outcome. Uh, and that was really the, the main design philosophy for uh, what was Busby, but what is now called Flare. So... Uh, it started with cycling and you'll see like there was a lot of media interest around uh, the cycling piece, but we very quickly adapted it for things like, well, the minute you leave your home, you're at risk of trip or fall or a collision if you're using micro mobility or whatever it may be. So it actually covers any event where there's a risk of fall, trip or collision as well. Um, and that's really flair in, in sort of a yeah, you know, 120 seconds. <laughs> it's a five-year, five-year journey in 120 seconds. I would say. So, uh, James, you got anything to add? Um, other than being a stat man, so it's uh, for every minute passed, your chance of survival drops by 10%. So after a serious collision, so it's kind of getting help to people as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, but o over the six years, you know, we now protect Deliveroo's fleet. We've got a number of other global couriers going live soon. A lot of um, micro mobility partners as well, so that's kind of flair in a nutshell um, about protecting vulnerable road users. And we're now transitioning into the fleet and uh, commercial vehicle industry around how can we start preventing incidents so um, from happening in the first place. So that's yeah. where we are today. I, I uh, I've just had to Google it because. Um my first aid knowledge isn't what it should be. We train first aid, but it's Maggie, my wife that delivers the training. But if, um, if someone's, uh, someone's heart, if you, if you've got someone who needs CPR, um, they're actually going to get brain damage within four minutes if they don't get attention straight away. So that that's, that's the critical point at four minutes as soon as that, and actually irreversible, uh, irreversible brain damage from seven minutes. Yeah, it's, it's it's scary to think, and if you think every minute that somebody doesn't know you're there, then 
you know, it, it's scary to think of the outcomes for what happens in real life for a lot of people. There are a lot of instances. I'm not sure what the latest stats are in terms of how many a day or how many a year now. Um, but you know, it's it's scarily high. One's more than more far far more than we ever want. So, um, so yeah, just on the back of that, so our our the flare algorithm detects instance within thirty seconds and gets help to them within thirty seconds. So you know, sends the location to five family members. If if it's a courier, we'll send it to the ops team for that particular company. So there's five or six people from different directions getting getting to that person as awesome. quickly as possible. Yeah. So Well, yeah. I'll just add to that actually. The algorithm actually <laughs> detects it in real time. It oh, gives no. you thirty seconds to uh to to respond because uh, and you might think why? Why didn't you just get help straight away? And it's a great question, but the reality is People do fall off bikes. People do have crashes, but it's just your pride that's wounded. You know, you've got a grazed leg. You don't need 999 coming out to you. You're just like, all right, I'm not going to take that corner like that again. Um, and you're fine. You know, you don't need that emergency response. So that's why we have this sort of 30 second buffer where it's like, okay, we've detected something's happened. Are you responsive? Are you okay enough to continue? And if you don't respond, so say, take the scenario where a motorcyclist taken a bend, gone straight for a bush, and that's it. They're, they're Sparko, totally out. They're, that, that 30 seconds will elapse, and that's it. Uh, so they're, they're, they don't have to press a button. It doesn't rely on you interacting with it or anything. It's just, um, you know, we assume that the fact you haven't talked to the app, that's fine. And by the flip side of that, obviously, if you hit a speed bump or a pothole or anything, it's smart enough to know the difference from there as well. So it's not going to be going off every 10 seconds just because the state of the roads right now. Um, so it, it's smart enough to know, listen, something's happened and now's the moment I'm going to get your help. Yeah. It's a bit like, um, it's a bit like the emergency braking systems on vehicles. So, um, you know, everyone sort of, everyone listening will be able to relate to those challenges where it just picks up a road sign and decides to slam the brakes on. Right. So you haven't got those sorts of challenges. It's interesting. We're recording this, uh, early January 22. Okay. So depending on when you're listening, that's fine. You're listening then, but, um, this is a really timely interview. Certainly for me, I've been sat this weekend, uh, watching ballers uh, on uh, Sky Atlantic. I don't know if anyone's a fan, but I'm absolutely loving the rocking ballers. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, but it gets interrupted yeah. every 15 minutes for adverts. And at the moment on now, I don't know if it's now TV or Sky Atlantic. There's two adverts that I'm absolutely fed, fed up of seeing. One is the McPlant. So McDonald's have just launched the McPlant, uh, their vegan burger with Beyond Meat. That makes me feel hungry. I'm not even a vegan, but every time I see it, I'm feeling hungry. And the other one is you've got the guy out running in the woods with the Apple Watch, the new Apple Watch 7's coming out. So um, tell me a bit, that that seems quite similar or sounds quite similar to what we're talking about with Flair. Um, are you guys, because people listening, they're, they're seeing those adverts now and that's got a little bit of brain space in their heads that Apple have been looking at this technology as well. Are you able to just sort of do a bit of a comparison what what that is so that people can relate to that please yeah absolutely um so we've worked with apple for many years um in fact we were the first app that was ever approved for automatic incident detection in the apple uh, app store now even though apple are advertising this now they do a great job of making it seem like they've just invented something new this has actually been on the previous apple watches for a few series now it's just that they've used it as the leading thing for series seven um, I think it goes back as far as series five. Now, 
what had happened is when we first submitted our technology six, six years ago for review, Apple turned around and said, it's impossible to use the iPhone or any mobile device to detect incidents. And we said, absolutely not. We know it can, can be. We're working very closely with Bosch at the time, who were the world leaders in sensor technology. Uh, and we said, we can give you all the evidence to prove that not only is the iPhone capable of it, the iPhone's actually better than most handsets in the marketplace. So we put them in a bit of a position where it's like, they either had to admit that the iPhone wasn't as good as the leading Android devices at the time, um, or they would basically have to go, we'd have to take it to the EU as an anti-competitive, um, anti-competition case, because we'd proved beyond any reasonable doubt, absolutely, we can do this. And not only can we do it, we can do it very accurately. Uh, and end result of that was after many weeks of uh, due diligence, testing, research from Apple and everything, we were the first ones ever approved and they amended their app guidelines because of our innovation around this space. So we, we've worked very closely with them ever since. Now, I love the Apple Watch. I use it all the time. The problem is not everyone has one. Um, if I, if you're a huge fan of what you're seeing in the adverts and you think, oh, I love that. The fact that if I have that fall, if I trip, if I really need help, it's going to detect it. The good news for anyone listening is you don't have to go and spend 350 pound on a watch. You can do this on not just your iPhone, but if you are the other side and you like Android, it's available on there for you today. Just download the Flare app. It, it does the same stuff the watch does, but on the, on, on both of those platforms. And again, already in use by 129 uh, users in 129 countries today. I think off the back of that as well. So the fact that, is it the biggest company in the world? It is, isn't it? Um, uh, are obviously investing into this space. You know, we turned around to our team, our investors, and we're like, well, they've just proven that there is a need. There's a global need for this. And these six years of hard work and dedication to get to where we are. It's been, you know, um, time well spent. So um, the fact that that is the number one feature on the new Apple Watch and they're spending a lot of money advertising it is, uh, proves that, you know, there is a market for it. And um, for us, a lot of our, obviously we do, we've got a free app for consumers to download, but we do a lot of work with the B2B side. So not every courier, that is on delivering your pizza on the weekends has an Apple phone. A lot of them have Android phones. So, um, you know, it's, it's not really, they've obviously taken a certain segment away from us, which is Apple watch seven users <laughs> or people that are going to buy it, but it's, it's very small. Um, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's it, one thing it does highlight just aside from the, from, from the flare offering is the marketing tactics that Apple will use that actually they're trying to convince you to buy their seven series watch, but the five series watch did it anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it did it, but it, it wasn't as good. I'd say right, it wasn't okay. as good. It, yeah. it didn't have the voice call to emergency services, but it still detected the incidents and still set your, your location, but yeah. they've just improved yeah. it slightly. Wow. Wow. So, um, okay. So, um, with regards how this would be introduced into a fleet operation then is I've, I've just downloaded flare on my phone. It's a free phone, free service. Like how are you guys monetizing that? How, how does that work? If you don't mind me asking about the business side and also around how the fleet, the dog's going to go in a minute, by the way, because my wife's just coming in the door. So I'm just pre-warning <laughs> you. I'm going to go on mute once I've asked okay. the question. Um, but yeah. How, so where, where, what's the business side? And then also, 
how would you in, embed it into a fleet? Sure. So um, this is where the second sort of product comes into it. So up until now, we've talked about Flare, um, protecting people whilst they're out and about. And that's really Flare um, and what that's responsible for. Um, on top of that, we have a new world first technology, Road Radar. Road Radar is built specifically for fleet. Um, what it does is it tackles one of the leading causes of serious injury or fatality um, of vulnerable road users on the roads, no matter if you're listening in the UK or any other country. We've designed this to be global. Um, how? So that's the what is it, but how does it do it? If you imagine now that we have a lot of users, so Flare users, but also we can add any other user. So if you're listening, you've got a contact for Wahoo or whoever it is, any of those systems can plug into the system and share that you are a cyclist, you are on a micro uh, scooter or whatever it is, your class is a vulnerable road user and this is exactly where you are. Our system takes that information and in real time notifies drivers that in your blind spot on the left is a cyclist right now. And it does that without any additional hardware to what most uh, fleets already have in the cab. That can be an existing pod, say for example, you might have something from Microlyse. Um, they run Android, those are fully compatible. In fact, we're on their compatibility matrix. We're an approved um, software for them. So if you do run something like Microlyse, you can benefit from Road Radar right now. Uh, any system that's Android-based, any system that is Apple-based as well. Um, so even if you're just running in your cab with a pod that is a Samsung or an iPhone or whatever it is, you can deploy Road Radar. Now, what's involved? Um, first of all, we just give you an account and you download a bit of software called Road Radar to it. It takes about 30 seconds. There's no cameras required. There's no additional kit to be installed into uh, the fleet themselves. So one, it's quick, but two, it keeps the cost low as well of deploying a solution like this. We actually have big, uh, strong intentions of making this something that we can propose for Vision Zero. Um, you know, I, we've seen in London that uh, there's laws about cameras, there's laws about other bits and pieces as well. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert like Beverly is, for example, yourselves. Um, but we, we know that there is certainly an appetite for making the road safer for everyone. Um, and we feel this technology is a really good balance of being a cost-effective, simple-to-deploy um, installation that can basically do exactly that. And again, that problem where driver awareness, because you didn't know someone was there, I'm going to say that most listeners will, all, all listeners will, if you're aware of someone being there, you're going to take a little bit more care of going around that corner or making sure that you're not, you know, going to run someone over. So that's the whole design philosophy. It's really simple with road radar is to let drivers know that there's a vulnerable road user nearby um, and also do that without over alerting them as well. So we always have this saying, well, what if 60 cyclists go by? Am I going to be pinged 60 times? Absolutely not. No. Um, we know that you're aware the minute the first one notifies. So you are generally looking around. Now, people's uh, attention will, will vary and stuff. The system fine-tunes itself based on when's the last time we alerted you, how far have you traveled since the last time I alerted you, how much time has elapsed since the last time. And through a mix of those factors, it makes a, an informed decision to say, do you know what, it has been a while or you've traveled quite far so you've, or you've moved to the next city, I am going to alert you now uh, because you need to be aware uh, of this sort of thing. So it is smart and it does update itself depending on your situation.
Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor a Half Dozen Things podcast. At Flagship Partners, we take road safety really seriously and we're your road safety partnership. We help transport companies with compliance and training across their businesses, including first aid, driver CPC and other transport management services. So if your fours accredited or you want to improve your operator compliance risk score, give Flagship Partners a call today. You ready for Statman? I'm ready. Hit me with some stats. Uh, so there's, there's a 48% of um, fatalities happen due to lack of driver awareness. So that's exactly what we're, we're trying to do. It's just raise driver awareness on the roads and prevent prevent the incident from happening in the first place. So um, that's that's kind of where we, where we came with this one as well. So we've got all these vulnerable road users using our flare technology. And we thought, well, why don't we just start connecting them to systems that are already out there and already in use um, just via via our software? So um, that's where we are today. Yeah, amazing. So so essentially, the, this system is so easy to integrate, whether you've got a tracker, what, whatever system it is that you've got, um, really, really straightforward to integrate um, and, uh, and and get it to, to, to use. What, what I would say to, to listeners you know, as a as a safety professional, we talk about the hierarchy of control, okay? And the hierarchy of control is um, like an upside down pyramid, okay? And at the top, you've got eliminate, okay? So if you've got, if you can eliminate a hazard or you can introduce next step is engineering controls to be able to reduce risk from hazards. Um, they're like right at the top of the, the hierarchy of control. Um, and this is this is where we're talking. This is where we're talking right, right at the source is uh to raise awareness of, of of hazards out on the road i think it's absolutely fantastic um you know i think what what what's a real blessing for people that will be listening is that a lot a lot of people listening will have just invested a lot of money or their operators will have been investing a lot of money on direct vision standards so having the cameras fitted near side sensors uh those kinds of things for four silver for direct vision standard and that's only going to be increasing certainly as uh, other cities sort of take take that into account through 2022 we're going to see uh we're going to see introductions of ultra low emission zones newer vehicles newer technology that kind of thing but ultimately the hardware investment here is 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 pretty low right absolutely yeah and as you say there peter it's if you think of it as a journey, um, today it sits on standalone apps. We're already in conversations with vehicle manufacturers. Now that is a longer term journey. It takes them two or three years to add a system because it depends at what point you've approached them and where they are in the refresh of their in-cab uh, sort of infotainment and technology systems. So we're well engaged with a UK manufacturer uh, right now. We have a few other international manufacturers that we're engaged with as well. But the long term vision for this is it for it to be built into all the net new cabs that they come with road radar um, and it will be sort of that that sort of thing on the back lorry where it says you're protected by road radar or part of the road radar network and um, that that is the, the the view here to become the global standard for road safety yeah i think uh, I, th- I think it's an absolutely amazing vision what um from from a sort of future future point of view how how long or what sort of roadmap do you see this being taken up? Because I, I know certainly from my background working at Volvo, these things take time, right, to get into vehicle manufacturers and that kind of thing. That's it's no easy gig for you guys. So sort of what are you looking like on a, on a roadmap point of view? And are you looking at cars and vans and, and, and what have you as well? Yeah, I've got, got a 
a good mix from everything from vans right through down to uh, the smaller sort of last mile solutions as well. Um, really sort of the more, the one we're most actively working on right now um, is sort of the, the HGV itself. Um, so we're looking at uh, the next the next quarter, so January, February, March, um, basically looking at uh, completing some of the uh, the manufacturer POCs just to make sure it's working well with their systems um, to, with a view to commercialize it uh, at this point of the year. But that that's for the integration into their cab. For anybody listening about, well, Road Radar sounds, sounds great. How could I give it a go? I'm sure, um, Peter, you'll put, pop a URL or, or, or something in the description. But basically, if you, you hit up that resource, um, we, it puts you on the, the waiting list. We'll reach out to you. Uh, we do it very quickly, and we just give you an account. Um, we're still in the, uh, the the final stages of the trials, so we're running some successful trials uh, around London with the, um, the 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 dust dust wagons down there, the dust carts, um, just to go and prove that this works anywhere, any place, any time, um, and they're, they're they're going very well. Um, with a view to then an end of this course, so around March. Uh, time, I think it will just be open door at that point for people to come and, and grab it, and it's self service, and you can just deploy it yourselves, sort of thing. But up until then, if you think this is this sounds great, I'd love to have some safety initiative like this, then uh, reach out and um, we can uh, very quickly start start you off. I think um, on the back of that as well, so that's where we are with the integrations and the technology. So you know, you, it, it's it's ready really, isn't it? Um, I think the longer term vision for us is to prove that a road radar driver is a safer driver than someone that doesn't have the system. Um, obviously, that may take six, 12 months worth of data um, to start, so we can start showing how many incidents we, how many incidents we potentially prevented, um, and then we can start uh, pushing it into the insurance sector yeah. and start reducing. Um, reducing policy um, prices and stuff like that. So that's the long-term vision here. Sorry for a little moment there. We'll edit that out. I was like busy scribbling notes down <laughs> as to what to, <laughs> what, what, what to ask you guys next, Ross, I've got you. So apologies. Um, do you know what? I think, um, I think it's absolutely fantastic with regards, particularly, you know, operators. And, and I just, I, I'll tell I'll tell the listeners to just get in touch. Obviously, there's going to be a link. There's going to be a link in the in the podcast description. So please do click that link and go through to Kirk and James. Have a chat with them. Um, have a have a chat with Road Radar. You'll get the account set up. Um, or, or if you just want to ring through or drop them a message on LinkedIn, just mention where you've lit, where you've heard it on half dozen things. Um, but what I'd say is like, you know, operators invest loads of time and energy on improving driver standards and investing in training and all of those things and and don't get me wrong this is an opportunity to bypass those things this just works hand in hand and just helps you it's just such a great system to be able to help support road safety for obviously both your driver from an insurance point of view um but also you know people people are, are in the general public i think it's uh, i think it's a really really great opportunity um so i guess sort of my next question then is so we've covered a bit about what it is 
So what's the big why? What why why has this come about? I know you mentioned earlier about Barry and his accident prone cyclist. I, I I don't know how much I'm allowed to make a joke out of it actually, whether he's actually been seriously injured. I was kind of like, I'm not sure if I can make yes. a gag about this, but hopefully <laughs> Barry's I'm hoping Barry's in one piece, right? <laughs> yeah, is. I mean his his funeral was lovely. No, I'm joking. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's like a we call him a Magnus. He's just vehicles are attracted to him. He's he's uh, still going and he's still putting me and James to to shame. He's the yeah. oldest one out of all of us and he's the oh, fittest one out of all of us oh, as well. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. So, um, I, I guess like is with um with Barry and and this cycling. So it's it's a really really timely thing for us to be speaking about because there's the there's there's a big change coming up with the um with the highway code and and particularly cyclists as well and actually hgv users are going to be right at the bottom of the hierarchy so um I'm, I'm not sure how aware you guys are of this but i'm sure it's sort of coming onto your radar pardon the pun um yeah. <laughs> around so cyclists are being told like when i learned to ride you know i was being told that you'd, you'd ride sort of the drain the, the drainage cover distance from the curb and now drop uh riders are yeah. going to be told to sort of cycle in the middle of the road so um yeah, yeah. Talk, talk to me a bit more then about sort of what why it's uh why it's come about and what 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 happened there yeah i mean um you know i, lo- I love telling a story so everyone now knows the story of why Bar- barry got t t barred and how it um how it all happened but if we just rewind time and get in something i'm sure we'd all have a time machine and get back and go right okay let's imagine that that driver now has road radar, what would have happened in that situation? So Barry has right away on a T-junction. He's going across the main top of the T from right to left. The van approaches the T-junction and has to give way, but for whatever reason, didn't either, you know, the leading reasons, as James mentioned, 48% of them being caused by lack of general uh, awareness. There's lots of subcategories in there. Um, misjudge your speed, didn't see you, low-lying sun, all the rest of it. But effectively, you can summarize all of those subcategories into lack of awareness. If the reason, and I don't think we'll ever know the actual real reason. Maybe he was on his phone. I don't know. Um, the, he, he did stop. He did call 999. So that, that was fine. But what would have happened with road radar? The driver would have been alerted that this cyclist is going across the front of you right now. And I'm sure that, you know, if he had just pulled out without checking correctly, or he didn't see him because there was a speck of dust on the windscreen or the sun was in the wrong place, or Barry is fast. You know, most cyclists, you look at him and go, yeah, I've got plenty of time. You pull out and it's just too late. You can't go anywhere at that point. And he's gone straight into you. You know, I'm pretty sure that a system like road radar that alerted you cyclist there would have caused him to just assess that situation for a little bit longer and possibly prevented it. We'll never know if it were, if it did or not, but that is the design here is to say, listen, for these situations where, you know, 48%, that's close enough half and half, isn't it? So 50, 50, if we can prevent half of those serious injuries or fatalities, that's, that's job done for us. We, we, that is the design goal. That's what we want to do. So that's how road radar would have worked in, in, in that situation. And it kind of makes natural sense because Detecting the incident, getting you help, that's great, but you've been hit. And that got us at, got us to that point where we're like, can we prevent you getting hit in the first place? What are the leading, leading reasons for that? And when we started to look at that, that's where Road Radar came through. And it was a, just a very clear answer for us to go, this is a problem. Yes, we can go and solve it. Um, we can use innovative technology to, to do it. And it's not technology for technology's sake. 
is a real clear use case of actually this this could save lives Let, let's go and do this and um, yeah we're really happy to to be able to to share the story around the system and uh, and we're ex really excited for what this year brings because mm. this is the, the the big year for it so i think yeah, another one off that as well kirk so just for fleet managers and listeners um obviously the the other way that we envision this working is you know if you've got wing, wing mirror lights and there's a cyclist in, in your blind spot that that wing mirror light will flash but it's our software that's told that wing mirror light that there's a cyclist there so it's it's not uh, distracting the driver. The, the number one goal as well for us is not over or uh, um, notifying or distracting the driver. It's using systems that are already built in and just preventing these incidents from happening. Um, nobody wants to hit or kill a cyclist on the road. Um, and fleet operators don't want to be on the front page of the local news to say that their, their driver hit a cyclist. So this system allows two sets of road users to share the road together safely, um, yeah. which is, you know, there's always that little arguments between cyclists and, and commercial vehicle drivers. So uh, this this system will, you know, hopefully not just prevent accidents, but prevent arguments as well. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah. that's why, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and Peter, I'll flip this around a little bit, actually, because I, I suppose, would you be in agreement to say that now more than ever, you know, the impact of having a vehicle off the road is like times two, times three compared to a few years ago? Um, yeah, ab absolutely. So th th I think that I think there's a few factors here, certainly from my point of view, as, a, as an operator or as a provider to the operator sector, you've got the, fir the first challenge is you've got uptime. OK, so uptime on a vehicle is critical. Uh, margins are tighter than ever. So we'll just look at it from a business case point of view. At the moment, at the moment, uh, fleets have got the most restricted access to to replacement vehicles. Than, than there has ever been. COVID has put pay to that, Brexit, whatever excuse you want to make, but you know, chips being manufactured in China, whatever reason it is at the moment, vehicle residual values of vehicles are, 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 are huge. So if you get a vehicle written off or if you have vehicle damage, it's, it's going to cause you an absolute disaster. We've also got issues now where Obviously, we've got a workforce shortage because we're in we're in times of infl uh, inflation, and we've got challenges around workforce. So those same challenges that we've got with putting drivers in vehicles, workshops have got the same issue putting technicians in their workshops who who are at, who are there to repair the vehicle. So repairs are going to take longer than ever, um, and then and then you sort of compound that challenge by the fact that you you can't replace the vehicle. It's just an absolute disaster of vehicle being off the road. Uh, secondly. You know, insurance costs are just on an absolute skyrocket at the moment. So, um, you know, it, it's just just a nightmare trying to insure your vehicle. So, um, anything that we can do to reduce risk or, or re reduce insurance costs is going to be a, gr a great solution. So, once this is demonstrated and proven, um, and the, the insurance companies are on board, what what a great opportunity that is to to look at saving saving costs as well. And then I think just sort of the last thing really for me is, you know, we do a lot of training around vulnerable road users, and the, the, there's always the old like we we're talking about with Barry the cyclist and 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 what have you. Like 
there's always this sort of who who owns the road type type situation right but ultimately it's very very clear that we've got to share the roads we've got to share we've got to share that you know we're getting more and more populated there's more and more vehicles on the road um vans hgvs all got a much harder job particularly in urban areas um it, it's a bigger and bigger challenge all the time um i know i know there's a lot of legislation and regulation coming in particularly around visibility and vision in vehicles but if we can you know i I don't know about you guys but the the driver who's been born with eyes in the back of his head hasn't been born yet right so you know whatever whatever we can use to alert and give sense to to a, a driver of a vehicle or someone in control of that vehicle the better you know we can train them we can you know we can make sure they wear glasses if they need to wear glasses we can give them vision aids we can you know all of that stuff's great but sooner or later we just need to try and see how we can support support drivers better um what what can we do to um, help reduce their risk because you know no one goes to work to do a shit job no one goes to work to have an accident and actually you know, we've found a cost-effective technical solution here, which I think is just, it's just an absolute, absolute no-brainer, really. Yeah. Um, you know, so there you go. I didn't even mean to pitch you guys, but hopefully I've done a little good, little job with that monologue. Just educated us <laughs> on what our pitch should be. Cheers, <laughs> I'll see you scribbling notes down. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, diff- it's just a different approach and a different thought process based on the challenges I face around managing drivers and that, and that kind of thing. Mm. But, you know, it's... Um, I think, I think whatever you can do to support someone, um, even if it's in the background or in the periphery of their, of their senses, I think it's, it's, it's just a game changer, really. I think, I th- I really think it is because, you know, you've just, there, there's so many challenges now. There's so many challenges when you're driving and, and you can't have eyes in the back of your head. And, and you can't, you know, you can't see round corners and you, you, you often don't know what you're dealing with. So anything that can do to help support that, I think is, is a great solution. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're using this system, because then that will see you round the corner for you, obviously. <laughs> well, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but that, that, that was one of the main things we did in uh, a lot of our early demonstrations was um, the rural roads in the UK obviously have a national speed limit. Some of them, I don't know how you're going to go around those corners at national speed limit. <clears throat> if you're brave enough. No. I mean, I, I grew up in Gloucester, if anyone's wondering where the accent's from. So people that have ever dri- driven around there will know that most of us fancy ourselves as rally drivers because that's what the roads are like. Um, but you can't see what's around most of those. This system will help with that. So you take the world's most advanced LIDAR sensors and everything else and all the stuff that you'd probably see at CES right now. Uh, which is the the uh, the big electronics show of the year, always January every year, and you'll see all the little robots and things like that. And none of those can see around a corner. Problem solved. We've already done it. And by the way, you just use a standard phone or Android device or tablet, uh, uh, and away you go. So, yeah, we're, we're pleased to be solving things like that. I love it. Guys, uh, I really appreciate you uh, you coming on to chat to me about it. Is there anything I've not asked you? Is there anything I've missed? Um, that anything that we can maybe give listeners a bit more detail on? If not, I'm going to give it a wrap up. Well, we're um, the, the time is now for us. If you're listening to this and it's caught your interest or you are struggling with rising insurance costs, you do want to guarantee more uptime on your vehicles and road radar sounds interesting to you then please reach out to us. I'm sure it's in the show notes how to to reach us. 
Um, but if you could reach out, we're more than happy to have a conversation, show you it in action. Um, and it's a no pressure, any, anything like that. But we, we'd like, we believe in this technology and we've got some, some great people behind it, some great companies behind it as well. It's built here in the UK. Um, and we think we can really raise the global standard for how you keep vulnerable road users safe. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, I just want to say, I really appreciate what you guys are doing for road safety, for, for vulnerable road users, for drivers, what you're doing to support them. I think it's, uh, I think it's really, really honorable. Uh, I think it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure for me to be able to hopefully introduce you to a lot, a lot more people. Um, I think if you're listening, have a look at the show notes, have a look at the link, speak to the guys, um, give it a try. Just get the flare app on your, on your phone, you know, you can start, start contributing. Um, that's the least yeah. you can do. It's a free app on, on your phone and it works on all of them. Get, get the app, um, you know, try road radar. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's really, really important. The more people using it, the safer the roads are becoming. So you're just doing your bit, right? Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and like I say, speak to the guys, speak to your customers, think about how, you know, those of you that have got a range of customers, if you're an external transport manager, speak to your customers to see how this can help support them. Because also, the more you guys contribute, the more this software can be improved. And, you know, the, the, all the time we can evolve. And it's here in the UK, you know, we're not talking about Apple out in America, it's here, right here in our country, and um, we can do a lot better. So thank you guys for coming on. I hope listeners have found it interesting. Um, I, uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on. So take care, share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe. Take care. Thanks very much, Peter. Thank you. I really hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too. Please do share it across your social media channels. We hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners. And we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.